Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this production. Of course, I can't do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisory committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So for all all of our returnal listeners, welcome back and thank you so much for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose of this series is to provide some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and to showcase the different voices of the Brotherhood in a hopefully entertaining fashion that will keep you coming back. So today's guests are joining us all the way from the Southwest District and the Midwest District. And to be more specific, is it Portales, New Mexico? Is that correct, EJ? All right, Portales, New Mexico, and good old Lincoln, Nebraska. So these brothers are currently serving as presidents for their respective districts, and I'm excited to see what they have to share, what they have to say, and what they've been up to. So without further delay, let's pass this on to our guests for official introductions, and we'll start with TJ. Hi, everyone. My name is TJ Coleman. Uh, I'm a brother of the Beta Lambda chapter at Eastern New Mexico University. Uh, I am a music education major, and uh, I've served as the Beta Lambda Chapter Vice President for Programs for two years. And I'm currently serving as the Beta Lambda Vice, or, sorry, Beta Lambda President and the Southwest District President. Uh, I was born in Roswell, New Mexico, but uh, I haven't seen any aliens. And if you message me that, I will cry. Um, <laughs> I play the trumpet, and uh, I'm also a brother and the president of my chapter of uh, Find Me Office of Funny. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, TJ. Very excited to have you here with us today. And thank you so much for the introduction. And next we'll have Jacob. Hello, everyone. My name is Jacob Coughlin. I am from the Epsilon Omega chapter at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I am a business management major with minors in leadership and communication and music. A little bit of leadership background on me. I have served as my chapter's vice president of membership, parliamentarian, and chapter president. And on the Midwest District, I have served as Midwest District Vice President and then Midwest District President, now going to my second year. For the good old Cornhusker Marching Band, I'm about to enter my fourth year as a drum major. So, a few facts about me. I play baritone slash euphonium as my primary instruments. I spent my first two and a half years of college being a music education major before I realized maybe not quite the best fit for me. So after switching over to business, I then realized, you know what, once I graduate, let's not use anything I learned in college. And eventually I'll go on to be a fighter fighter slash EMT. All right. Looking forward to it. I love starting fires. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Um, great. So thank you, Jacob, for your introduction as well. Thank you for your fun facts. And just really excited to have the both of you here for this interview. So this may be a hard question. I hope it's not, but I wanted to ask you, we'll start with Jacob. How has your 2020 been so far? How is this new normal for you? So I think similar to most people, 2020 has been, we'll call it a year to remember. Um, it's definitely been hard and harder than most years. I think this was the year that no one expected to have. Yet it's the year we're sitting here with. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of adjusting to my new normal, it's been going surprisingly, quote unquote, well for me, given the circumstances. 
I've been able to have a really good group of support system, helping me talk through things, getting to spend time with brothers. I've been able to really, this summer, uh, having a lot of things canceled that were supposed to happen. I've had a lot of di- time to delve into my work with the fraternity. And that's been, I guess, a good distraction for me. So overall, it's going, I guess, as well as could be expected, given the circumstances we're under. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And uh, TJ, what about you? How has your tw- 2020 been so far? Um, I think it goes without saying that it's been very unusual. Um, everything around us that we usually do and rely on, like whether it be for comfort, entertainment, security, planning, or just our normal schedule is very uncertain. Uh, my university is still working on finalizing our return to campus plans, and uh, our state has yet to set restrictions on higher education. Our large ensemble work, both at the collegiate and K-12 levels, is being canceled and or postponed into the spring. Uh, so far, these things have been very disappointing, to say the least. But, um, However, in the time of crisis and uncertainty, I've been able to establish a new diet and workout routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost a considerable, uh, considerable amount of weight at this point. Um, I've been able to build new friendships, um, had tons of time to practice, mm-hmm. um, been able to communicate with brothers across all of our districts, and I'm not sure if any of those things would have been possible without being locked at home with no instruction and nothing to do but focus on being a better individual. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I want congratulations on all those uh, accomplishments. And I think that you just kind of going off of both of your responses, I mean, 2020 obviously has been a very different year. It's been, it has shaken up worlds, it's shaken up businesses, groups, relationships. Um, but TJ, like you mentioned as well, it's it's given many of us a time to pause, to rest, to think, to reflect. So, you know, it is a great place to sort of flip the script and say, all right, yes, it does suck. Yes, things are different, but there are things that we can do that can help us become better. So I'm interested to hear more about what you are both doing personally and uh, fraternally as well. So I'll go on to my next question, though, to kind of go back as a throwback Thursday, let's say. I want to hear more about how you got involved in music and KK Science. And TJ, we'll start with you. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so I've been involved in music since fourth grade, really. Uh, I first joined my elementary school orchestra, and I played the violin. Um, My orchestra instructor told me to play a three-fourths violin, and I said no, I've got a four-fourths violin. So that should tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I do it anyways. Uh, Then in sixth grade, uh, my middle school band director, Ernest Medina, who I recently found out was actually a brother of uh, the Beta Lambda chapter. Nice. Okay. It was, it was news to me. (laughs) Um, He was conducting a junior high recruitment event and Mm. he very, very quickly won me over. Uh, I went home and told my mom about him. And she said that he was actually a longtime family friend who went to Eastern Mm -hmm. um, with my uncle when he got his degree. Uh, So I was like, all right, this is great. Um, and so then I went back to school and he was asking about instruments. He wanted me to play play trombone, but he played the trumpet and he was really funny. And so I wanted to play the trumpet and be funny too. Uh, and so I'm very glad that I did. Um, I have been playing trumpet since obviously. Um, as for KK Psy, the beginning of my freshman year, I really only hung out with my best friend from high school who was a brother. Mm-hmm. and her friends that she had established uh, in college before I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, then Beta Lambda was asking for volunteers for their annual haunted house. 
And I decided to volunteer so I could hang out with her and learn more about the culty type thing that she went to on the weekends. Love it. Um, and so then over the week of the haunted house, I got to meet all of the brothers and spend time with them individually. And for the first time in college, I really felt at home. I started asking questions and learning more about Kiki Sai, spending time with their VPN and president, uh, and developed a really solid friendship with my now roommate, uh, one of the best friends I've had, honestly. And yeah. uh, when I saw their passion uh, for band and learned their commitment to serve the band world, I was instantly hooked. And uh, it turns out Kiki Sai wasn't so culty. Maybe a little bit, but not all the way. And that's definitely a plus. Yeah. That's amazing. That is that is quite the story. And, um, you know, haunted houses are very interesting. I have yet to really fully complete one ever. Hope to maybe one day. So, TJ, I hope that maybe in the future you can show me the ways of the haunted house. And then we can connect over the cultiness of this organization together. I can't say we, we no longer do the haunted house. It's a lot of work. It's Oh, I bet. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work to go through. Just so. All right. So uh, we'll switch over to Jacob to kind of hear more about your story, how you got involved in music and band and KK Psy. So it's actually a funny story, but the answer to both of those questions is my family. Mm-hmm. Um, from a young age, I guess I always just expected myself to be involved in music mm-hmm. because everyone in my family was. Um, I am the third of four kids for my family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess my brother set the path, but he also set the path because both my parents were involved in band. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad played the trombone when he was in high school, college. Mom was a color guard for high school and college. So that's what they did. And it was just normal for them. Mm-hmm. And then I guess passed it on to their kids. And then by the time it was, I got to fourth grade, there was already a violin because my other two siblings played violin for a year because orchestra started in fourth grade, but band didn't start till fifth. Mm. So we all did our one year of orchestra before switching to band. Yeah. So it was already sitting there. My mom's like, are you doing it too? And I was like, looks like I am. Yeah. And then after multiple times of thinking, ah, I don't have to do band anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, about to, I'm in my fifth year of college and still doing it. So someone along the way taught me to keep going. <laughs> so that's for music. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of KKSI, Honestly, similar discussion. Um, My mom was a brother from James Madison University back probably longer ago than she wants to admit. (laughs) Um, And then my sister, who is three years older than I am, was the chapter president my freshman year of college. And she was like, hey, guess what? You're doing CAFA. And I was like, well, all right, if you say so, I don't have a choice. (laughs) I guess I'm doing it. But lo and behold, I ended up here. So someone along the way. Taught me it was a good idea to keep going. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's kind of, it seems like such a simple answer, but I guess through family, both of those have happened. Yeah. And I, I love to hear that. It's, again, it, it reaffirms and a lot of people that we have gone through uh, have joined or have stayed in band, stayed in music because somebody important in their lives, someone influential in their lives, they said, essentially volunteered them to like, hey, you're going to keep doing this or, Hey, you're, you're going to stay in a sense, like, you know, that tough love or that, you know, like, I'm not going to let you quit or I know this is going to be good for you. So just give it a try. So very, very cool. So thank you both so much for that. And we're going to shift to sort of a, 
it looked back as well. And this, again, this, this, this is always a hard question for me. So that's why I'm glad I'm asking and not answering it. Uh, I want to ask you though, what is your favorite memory or experience or thing or aspect about KK Psy? And we'll start with Jacob. I mean, simply starting, that is an unfair question <laughs> by all means. Good. Because <laughs> there are, there is no way to word that simply and have me answer it in less than two hours. Okay. So I'm going to pull out one specific part of that question. Yeah. And I'll talk about my favorite memory slash memories of Kappa. Okay. I would say for me, my favorite memories from Kappa have definitely come from my chapter traveling to district events. Mm-hmm. All of them I've gone to have been absolutely fascinating. And every single one of them, I could tell you a story that, trust me, the group will remember. <laughs> but in particular, I have very vivid memories of my trip to Iowa State for mm. one of our spring district days, um, my VPM year for the district. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen so much snow in my entire life. Mm. We drive up on Friday afternoon. We're like, we look at the weather forecast and there's going to be a few flurries. And mm. we're like, cool, just a few flurries. I drive an SUV. We'll be fine. We go to our game night like we normally do on our Friday nights, have the Good Brotherhood events, and all of a sudden we walk outside and I'm sitting in knee-deep snow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is fun. And let's just say the most of the rest of the trip was just, hey, can Jacob manage to not kill everyone in the chapter as he drives us places? Mm-hmm. Which it sounds super stupid, but it's the memories of sitting in the car, listening to songs, yeah. ripping the wheel so tight my knuckles turned white, and yeah. just spending time with my brothers that are the things that I think 80 years from now are the things I would still remember. Sure. I mean, that's really where some of the, the brotherhood uh, fellowship is kind of at its purest is those like random silly moments that we're hanging out together that we really don't know is bonding brotherhood. So I can definitely appreciate that. And yes, driving through the snow, that's lots of memories there as well. So just living our best lives. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Jacob, thank you so much. TJ. Uh, so for you, same question, favorite memory aspect thing about KK Psy. Yeah, I agree. This is unfair because even like I was going to answer the memory part as well. Well, I still am. Um, so we're not talking about things or aspects, but also just in memories, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, half the reason I own an SUV is so I can drive my chapter across the district. Mm. Um, and although we are the Southwest, sometimes we do get snow and we have had snow. Um, we've, we've also seen like eight foot elk while we're driving down the road, like right next to our, our vehicles. So Lord. We're not, we're not the Midwest, we get snow. But anyways, my favorite, my favorite memory uh, today, tomorrow will be something different, um, is probably NatCon 2019 and the Centennial Celebration. Mm. Um, getting to see so many brothers uh, and sisters at one place, all committed uh, to making the band world, which is a world I've dedicated my life to, uh, yeah. really, really changed the way that um, I view band, uh, mm. service, and the organization. Yeah. And after getting to hear the passion of many of our fantastic alumni, and for me specifically, Brother Brent Cannon, mm-hmm. uh, I knew I wanted to get more involved with this fraternity and start serving the brotherhoods, the brotherhood and the brothers mm-hmm. uh, across the nation in whatever way I can. I love that. Uh, I will say I'm glad you enjoyed 2019. Uh, all I remember that it was hot and stressful. So, I mean, the Southwest... Uh, get snow. That's something I learned new today as well. So very cool. Um, and I, you know, I think that's, uh, that's very interesting to continue to bring up and to ask not only of each other, but of ourselves, because I think in these hard times, 
or when times do get rough, we often, you know, focus on that negative, that what's, what's hard for us. I think that's really natural. I think, you know, acknowledging that it sucks, acknowledging that it's bad is a part of being human, but having those memories that you can draw from those feelings that you can remember to kind of remind you like, why do I keep coming back? Not just because someone told you to, but there's probably something that keeps you coming back. It's something that's important to you. And I hope that our listeners, our students, our alums can pinpoint a memory or memories or something that really brought them joy, brought them life, brought them meaning about KK Psy or from KK Psy and hold on to that because we don't know when this, when these hardships are going to end. We don't know when we're, we're going to be able to get together again and enjoy the sweatiness of each other and enjoy being in a hot auditorium and seeing each other. So hold on to those memories because I think those are very, very important. So I think honestly, that was probably one of the hardest questions. Really the rest of this gets pretty easy from here. So I wanted to know more about your experience as a district officer so far. And, you know, just to give some perspective to our listeners, again, we have one officer who has served, um, who is continuing to serve, has experience as a district officer, and TJ, uh, you yourself are a first-time district officer. So I hope that you can kind of give some perspective uh, to our listeners to kind of share not only about your experience, but hopefully just kind of an overview of what it's like to have a bit of that being able to serve at the same time together during hard periods, but having that different um a different uh, experience overall. So we'll start with TJ. How is your experience as a DO so far? Yeah. And actually, before I get to my answer, I want to add to what you said, you know, like Jacob and I, we are from two different districts. Jacob has been serving for, I think, three years in the district council now. And uh, I've only been serving for about three months at this point, but um, mm-hmm. it's been really awesome to have people like Jacob available uh, because well, I, there's a lot of us that haven't started on the district level at the district president position. Um, and it's nice to be able to call on somebody that has a little bit more experience and is still a student mm-hmm. um, that can give some perspective. Um, but so far, um, being a district officer has been truly an honor for me. Um, I've been able to meet brothers from every district, like I said, that I, I don't think I would have ever been able to meet before, at least not until 2021 when I can go around and shake everybody's hand. Hopefully, yeah. I'll wear gloves. Um <laughs> The late night Zoom calls with my council, uh, the other district presidents, and uh, as, as Bong knows very well, the district vice presidents mm-hmm. um, have given me a chance to see the perspective of other districts, um, and they've allowed me to build some friendships that I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to work and serve, uh, sorry, to work with and serve the brothers of my district mm-hmm. has allowed me to see KK Sly from a new perspective, and uh, it's allowed me to build experience and insight that will help me in the future, not just in the organization, but in life. Um, and then, you know, at this national leadership conference, uh, it taught me about how I can be a better leader and how I can be the brother that I want to be. Um, it's, it's just really, truly, it's been an amazing few months and I can't wait to see what lies ahead. Yeah. So that's, that's really, thank you so much for sharing. And like you said, you know, three years, three months, having that support, that support system with one another in ways of kind of learning, relearning, unlearning things is going to be really important for all of us. So to shift over to our, I guess, elder of the group, Jacob, how is your experience the DO so far? So I like TJ, I'd like to talk a little bit about the idea of the different amounts of time spent in office. Mm-hmm. Because just as TJ mentioned, there are times where sometimes I can offer perspective on things I've thought about before. 
personally, one of the greatest, I guess, advantages to the situation that I'm in is over time, I think sometimes being a district officer sometimes wears on you. Like doing anything you do for an extended period of time, you consistently see sometimes the same problems that are frustrating and can sometimes get you down. Um, being able to work with this new set of like district presidents that just came in has been incredibly exciting because their passion for what they do and how much excitement they have has driven me to be so much better than I could have been without them. So their fresh set of perspective, their new ideas also help me a lot more than I think they sometimes realize. Yeah. But in terms of my experience so far as a district officer, I would definitely say it's been a growing experience to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, starting on district council when you are, you're, or, sorry, when you're a junior in college, mm -hmm. um, let's just say a lot changes between your junior in college and when you're going into your fifth year. Yeah. There's this thing called growing up and it hits you pretty hard. Yeah. But I've had fantastic experiences working as a district officer um, in terms of even just like with leadership development and becoming a better person. Mm -hmm. My district governors, the national councils from that I've worked with, they have given me so much that I will that I would never that I would have never had without the opportunity to serve as a district officer. Yeah. And then to be completely honest, as TJ mentioned, meeting brothers, meeting sisters, and just fostering the relationships within our district. Mm -hmm. is something that most people don't get to experience. Those who do are forever thankful for it. So it's, I'm glad I get to help foster that. And this time, help lead in yeah. fostering that. No, that's really powerful, really, really amazing. And something you both mentioned, I think, is, is a great reminder that I think we often forget um, on all the levels is you have that side where experience will play a key role. There's also that side where new perspectives newfound passion also plays a key role. And I know that, you know, as I, as I talk to chapters, as I am connecting with brothers from different times, time periods and different chapters, there, you know, there are some chapters out there that really take advantage of their alumni. There are those that just do not. It is, it is a complete disconnect. Or there are chapters that really focus on their newer members and there are chapters that really don't because it, you know, there are, there are, there are some chapters that I've seen in their constitutions. Like you can't serve as a leader on, on exec if you haven't had this and that. So when we look at how the, the new and the old can essentially build off each other and how it can really supplement in terms of, yes, we have this experience, but how can we reignite that? And essentially how can we, we rediscover the things that may, may, we may have, taken advantage or taken for granted. So I, I love that you both mentioned that. And I, I have yet to hear that from the other interviews. And I think that gives a, a sort of a, a new perspective to when it comes to that term experience, that it doesn't just come down to the number of years you've held. It's what you've done with it, the connections that you've making and like, are you making the most out of those connections and with each other? So I really do appreciate that. That's incredibly powerful. Uh, I'm definitely going to make a note of that for myself. So my next question here uh, is a little bit going to be more tactical, a little bit more strategic, if you don't mind, but looking at yourself, not as a district officer, not as a council, but yourself as a district president, if you could accomplish nothing else, but just one thing, if you accomplish nothing else in your term, just that one thing, what would that one thing be? So we'll start this question off with Jacob. So firstly, 
when you said we were done with the hard questions, I don't think you're being entirely truthful. <laughs> Fair. Picking just one is a little hard. So I'm not going to say this is my number one, but I will say as one of my primary goals. Okay. That I'm looking at pursuing for this next year is the idea of allowing our district, even though being one of the most geographically displaced districts, to still have an opportunity to actively be present during our district level events. Mm -hmm. Um, We are looking into the possibilities of, especially given the circumstances that we're all in, I think most of us, especially college students, have become an absolute pro at using Zoom. Mm -hmm. And it's shown us that there are lots of opportunities that I think at least the Midwest district has not taken advantage of in the past mm-hmm. that we are really looking forward to how this could positively affect our district. Mm-hmm. Just to be completely honest, it doesn't make any sense for someone from the beta chapter at um, university of Montana, Mon- uh, at Montana state university to make the 20 hour drive for a one weekend district event, like yeah. on just like a regular district event. Yeah. That you would you would drive twice as long as you get to spend there. Mm-hmm. So I would completely validate. That doesn't always quite make sense. So having opportunity for these brothers to participate through Zoom mm-hmm. and still actively participate. And eventually what we're hoping for is over time this, that this will culminate into the ability for our district conventions mm-hmm. to be held semi-online and kind of do the back and forth. So if chapters are unable to be present, there's still the ability to have their voices be heard. Mm. Instead of having to set a proxy, can they sit virtually? Mm. We're looking at how constitutions work and how we can maybe work with the National Council to start looking into some of these opportunities. Love that. Moving into the next hundred years. Great. Awesome. Very, uh, I love it. Very innovative. So thank you, Jacob. TJ, for you, if you could accomplish nothing else but just one thing, what would that be? Yeah, so this is actually, the, this is the first thing that I think Clint, the Southwest District Governor, asked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I was elected, when I met with him before meeting with the council, he asked what I wanted to achieve. And I was like, uh, I just want to do good. And he's like, no, 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 no. What? Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I don't have an answer right now. You know, it was like the week after I was elected and he told me that hopefully after NLC, I would have an answer. And I stammered for like 20 minutes before finally he's like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think I do have a more solid answer. Um, though I do agree with Jacob. I think saying number one goal is, is, is not exactly hundred percent true because I have a thousand goals that are constantly running through my head. But the one that's at the, at the front of my mind right now yeah. um, that I'd like to achieve uh, during my term is to show the brothers and the chapters of my district that no matter where they're from, uh, no matter the size of their chapter, no matter whatever roadblock lies in front of them, they're all able to achieve their goals. Mm. Um, whether they earn, whether their goal is to earn a district level award, increase uh, chapter recruitment by 50%, Mm-hmm. Uh, build a chapter sponsored scholarship for schools at the university, whatever it may be. Uh, I want to help them achieve their goals. And additionally, I want to help our brothers to see that this fraternity is more than just a group of bandsmen who like to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more than our business meetings where the minutes feel like hours. And if you're not a delegate, it can definitely get kind of boring, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I want to show them that we're all brothers. So we're all people who want to better the band world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all musicians. And right now we're all going through uncertainty and sadness. Um, but most importantly, as my council has adopted as our theme for the year, we are all in this together. Mm. I love that. Can that. Is that a hashtag yet? Uh, yeah, it is. Love it. Love it. Love it. Very cool. So, yeah, I, I love to ask this question. Um, 
in the fraternity personally, professionally as well, because uh, I think very similar to yourself and uh, to all the other leaders out here is our brains are kind of like uh, 100 all the time, running through these ideas, how can we make things better, which is a great, great thing, but also helping us kind of refine that, all right, do I get bogged down in all, like, do I stretch myself too thin or do I bring myself to what's the most important and then share those other ideas with others and, and leverage them and, and empower them with these ideas. So I love to, love to hear that. So now I'm going to shift the question from you as a individual to your council. So you've been serving for a few months now, at least for, for this cycle. Why don't you hear one or two things that you are really excited about that you, your council as a whole has been working on? And TJ, we'll start with you. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of have been echoing a lot of the same stuff that Marco said after he was elected president. You know, this is the beginning of a new century for our fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the beginning of a new decade. And, uh, you know, and we're, we're the first district officers to be elected after the last national convention. And so it's, it's a really interesting time for us uh, because this can really be served as a turning point for the fraternity, for our districts, for our chapters, you know, for, for all of KKSI. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that my council has been really working on and thinking about. So we've really gone through and we've been evaluating every program that we've created thus far mm-hmm. um, and trying to look at ways we can change it, whether it be to work on making the new Alto or our district publication more interesting or, or more engaging, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, like I said, to make those business meetings a little bit less business and a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Um we are right now we're, we're finishing working on our uh, chapter leadership conference, which we do every year, um, working on developing. We're, we're thinking we're going to make that virtual going forward. Um, we did it last year and we've done it again this year, obviously because we have to, but, uh, finding ways to engage brothers, uh, both in our events, in our media, in themselves. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also been working on trying to find ways to make, <clears throat> Like a like the the marketplace at our convention tends to be very run in, get your stuff and get out because our, our events really run together a lot. So we're trying to find ways we're trying to find ways to make our events feel less like a business meeting and more like an opportunity for you to be with brothers. Okay, okay, I love that. That's again very powerful, very powerful in in the sense of in a way looking at the new hundred years. And I, I often laugh when people say, all right, it's the next hundred years. And I was like, great. What does that look like? So I, I love to hear that we have student leaders in place who are definitely taking a look at that. What does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And hopefully in a, in a way asking, demanding, working with people to, to create that change. So um, I'll switch it over to Jacob as a council, as a whole, uh, one or two things that you guys have been working on. So I'm going to echo part of what TJ said mm-hmm. and something our council is really looking at doing as a whole this year is challenging the status quo, mm-hmm. refusing to accept the answer because it's always been done this way. Mm-hmm. So throughout all of our programming, through all of the way we communicate with our district, for what we are as a district, we've really done a, had a lot of conversations into the, why is it this way? Mm-hmm. And is that a good enough reason to not do it a different way? Mm-hmm. So two aspects in which we are kind of individually looking at this on is number one, through our social media. Our member at large, Grace, has been doing a fantastic job so far reimagining how we use our social media and how we're interacting with brothers. 
mm-hmm. instead of just being like, hey, Midwest District, here's the picture that we took this weekend. Yeah. That, which is honestly kind of what we kind of seen the last few years. We're looking at morphing it into, hey, Midwest District, here's what you guys are doing that we think is really cool and that we should share. Here's also what we can help you with doing. Being more active in their chapters is something that we are really enjoying the process of looking at. Mm-hmm. And the other thing as a council that we've been working on is interacting with the chapters on a more one-on-one level. Mm-hmm. The first way we're going about this is we've kind of reimagined, as I said, reimagined, um, we've reimagined our chapter leadership conference. Typically yeah. it's been an in-person event that is held around Memorial Day weekend where 90% of what we talk about is generally how to be a leader. And then about 10% of it's officer training. We're taking this opportunity that despite all the bad things that COVID gives us, yeah. we're taking the silver lining in this and choosing to move this event virtual. Mm-hmm. And we're splitting up into two separate parts. Part of it being the leadership education we've always had, which is great. And we definitely need to keep that going. Mm-hmm. But we are specifically dedicating Zoom meetings for our chapter officers to actually educate them on their position. Good. So something we're super excited about and we're kind of hoping it goes pretty well. So we'll see how the first time goes. Knock on wood. Good, good. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's really another important part. I know that just for myself as a human being and as a brother individually is that to me, it all comes down to, because we, we have this thing, I, I think that we sometimes forget, like we, we do so well in training a certain group of people and then we forget the fact that they're going to be gone. And then like, what, you know, how are you filling your bench? How are you engaging them? How are you getting those individuals trained up, inspired to reimagine things, to look at things, reassess things so that when they come into leadership, there's less of that learning curve. There's less of that re, re like rediscovering or recreating the wheel in a sense. Um, and I think that in a way, when you focus down to the individual chapters, I think that's going to be so powerful and important. I was speaking with a brother, an alum who had, was pretty involved and then took a step back for a few years and then came back and noticed the biggest change was that there's very much like a trickle down, like everything has to come from the top where when this individual was a brother felt like there was more focus on the chapter and the individual level back in the day. And I think when we really look at equity, right, it can't just be a blanket statement and it can't just be like, Oh, look at how many, you know, how many chapters we got to come, how many people we got to come. I think those numbers can be a great measurement, but at what cost to individuals, individual chapters and members when we're not actually giving them that one-on-one experience and essentially asking the why and essentially, you know, relooking at, just things that you've done in the past and how it can be better. So I love to hear this stuff. I, I very much look forward to seeing how most of this plays out and hope that, you know, chapters, people who are listening can help play a part in this and asking questions and, and um, you know, assisting in whatever way you can and making sure that we are being proactive about the changes for not only our fraternity, but our society, our world. Um, so this is very powerful stuff. I really, really appreciate it. And now we're going to shift from that question. Again, we'll start with Jacob here is when it comes to you as an individual, I want to hear how you believe or how you have seen KK Sai in your experience as a brother shape who you are as a person today. I refer back to my earlier statement. He said the hard ones were done. <laughs> it's like, um, wow. To put this into words, the first thing I can say is 
this is so hard to put into words because it's just something you feel. Mm-hmm. It is hard to say this is what I've gotten from KKSI because I could start making a list and be done maybe before I die. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had to start to single through some of the biggest things that have shaped me or that I've taken from this organization, I would say, I'll, I'll narrow it down to two. Number one, the life lessons that have been taught to me through this fraternity, through our ritual, through our preamble, through the purposes we serve, is something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. Can't go too much into detail, obviously, sure. but the things that I have learned and the experiences through, this, through the ritual that we go through will shape and do, they shape my discussion. They shape my thoughts, not just within the fraternity, but with everyone I interact with. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the biggest thing that has shaped me that ta- or that shaped me to the person I am today would be the mentorship that I've received from so many different people, mm-hmm. whether honestly older, younger, or the same age as me, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. The interactions that I've had with brothers has challenged me, has pushed me, has made me understand myself more than I would have before. Mm-hmm. In particular, I'd like to give like great shout outs to our national councils and our governor's team. Mm-hmm. If it was not for Denali, Tony, and Jen, mm-hmm. I would not be the leader I am today. The three of them have vastly shaped me into who I am. Mm-hmm. And for the two national councils that I've been able to serve as a district president under, all of them have drastically changed who I am, the way I view the world and made me what I believe a better person than I would have been without knowing them. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it is because of this fraternity and I am very thankful for that. Good. Well, I love, love to hear that. And I think it's very powerful to kind of take a moment for all of us to take a moment to look at what has this fraternity done for us? Because again, it's so easy myself included almost on a daily basis. I was like, why am I here? Why do I put up with this stuff? Why do I stress myself out over something? It's banned. It is just banned. Then I, I think back and I reflect on base, uh, very similar to what Jacob has mentioned, those things that KKSI has brought to you, has essentially given you life, uh, has essentially given you this, this different perspective, this area of growth that I don't know we would have gotten anywhere else. Because I, I see a lot of, you know, I work with lots of college students, uh, high school students, and I see the growth. And this, I'm, of course, biased, but, you know, what I, the, see, the growth I see in people who are banned in KKSI compared to people who are not, vastly different. Growth in different areas, growth in different ways. So I love to hear that. But I would love to hear more about TJ for you. KKSI and your experience, how has that shaped you as an individual? Um, yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I, this is hard. It's not a hard question, but like Jacob said, it's hard to put into words. Um, and I, I want to go back to something you said. You said, you know, it's just banned. Why do we do what we do? Um, but, you know, a band, the definition of band is a group of people who have common interests or purpose. Um, you know, and so it's like, for me, band is more than just a group of people yeah. that, you know, blow into a piece of wood or, or, or tubing. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's it really is a family. You know, that's why that's why we stick with it for so long because we all have had the band director that uh, <laughs> drives us insane, mm-hmm. and we've all and you know and like for me, 
with KKSI is just really, it's enriched that so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, my, my chapter has given me so many opportunities and I, I can't thank my chapter enough for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, both in positive ways and negative ways, you know, every chapter is going to have an issue occasionally where, you know, there's going to be a brother who's upset about something, whether that be you or someone else. Yeah. And no matter the situation, that gives you a chance to check, to grow on how you respond to those kinds of things. Yeah. But even more than that, you know, your chapter is the place for you to grow. Um, and then once you are ready to start looking elsewhere, <clears throat> the experiences that I've had at Kiki's site have given me so many chances to become a better person, both um, in the way that I speak and the way that I carry myself. It's literally changed almost every aspect about me. And that's why it's so difficult to put into words, you know? It's, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I think, again, you know, just so many things I've mentioned that are just so very powerful and so just very intrinsic and deep is that I don't know if a lot of people in the world get a chance to do this type of reflection and this sort of just kind of looking at who they are, where they've been, how far they've come. And in a sense, having something to be grateful for, having something to give give some sort of appreciation to. And when you look at just even the, some of the basic things that we do with some of the more black and white things we have to do, like we have, you know, we have to recruit to grow as an organization. Well, when members don't have that opportunity to reflect and really show people like, yes, of course there's brotherhood, of course there's service and leadership. Like that's, a, that's like the stuff you're going to get right up front, but here's the stuff that's going to keep you coming back. Here's the stuff that's going to keep you wanting to, to serve back. And if you can, if you can put that into words, even though it is a challenge and it may change and, and morph, it is important for us to take that time to be able to put that into words because somebody's that's, that's what they're wanting to hear. We go back to, you know, the NLC uh, presentation we have about Simon Sinek's why we know what we do. We know how we do it but at the end of the day, really, why is it that we do this? And I think each person's individual why is going to be so beautifully crafted. If you take the time to look at why, and then on top of that, not only does it come to the help with recruiting, but in a sense, it helps you be able to talk about your experience professionally. It helps you, I mean, you talk about this, um, you know, in the workforce, when you talk about this to colleagues, it's not just like, hmm, so it's just banned? No, it's definitely more than that. Let me, let me tell you why. Because even if, if people ha- may not have been a part of our organization, I think we can still reach people because music is a universal language. So why can't the lessons that we, are, we have learned, we, why can't we share that as well? And I think at the end of the day, one of the, for me personally, one of the most important things is the fact that this fraternity has given us all an opportunity to fail, to suck at what we do, to get back up and learn how we can be better, how we can u- utilize and leverage one another to learn to, to listen to one another, to lead. I mean, there's so many different things about this fraternity that I think we, we often take for granted. I myself included. And that's why I love doing these, these uh, interviews. I love doing, um, well, I do here as VPSA and working with the student advisory committee because it gives us an opportunity to, to reflect and, and to kind of remember like, oh, this is why I keep coming back. This is why, you know, this is why this is so special to me. So... Again, very, very thankful to the both of you for sharing some of this stuff. And I mean, we could talk about this stuff 
for hours, right? We could talk about this stuff for hours. And what I encourage you both and everybody else listening, myself included, is to take the time to reflect on this stuff, to take the time to just see like, all right, how, what, how, why do I do this stuff? And, and what can I share? And who can I help have the same conversation today? Because I think if you can help one person have this conversation, I think that's in a way like helping shift their life forward, move them in in the positive direction of that reflection piece. So deep stuff, essentially kind of over with. I'm going to shift to something a little bit more fun because we got a little bit deep, right? So to, to all the listeners who are just like, whoa, I did not expect that. That's okay. We're going to, we're going to make it a little bit fun here. So this one's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to ask a, a series of questions. They're going to be quick. They're going to be random. They're going to be coming out of nowhere. And just so that we have, you know, we're not confused by, by the sequence. We'll just go TJ, Jacob, TJ, Jacob, TJ, Jacob. Okay. So just fire off the first thing that comes to your mind. Are y'all ready? All right. So we'll first start off with TJ and Jacob. Uh, it, it's will be the same question for the both of you. And we'll just keep going through. Okay. First question. We'll start with some easy ones. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Blue. Okay. Jacob. My favorite color was originally blue. And then living in the state of Nebraska, slowly turned scarlet. Good old Husker red. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite thing to eat when you're sad? Food? Uh, um, probably, probably lasagna is my favorite food in general, so I'll just go with that. Okay. Uh, I would say Fuzzy's nachos. Okay. Okay. Love that. Love that. What is your least favorite thing to eat? Uh, that would be cucumber. It's too fresh. Okay. Um, I would probably say... Wow, I don't have a good one. I, I like food. I'm hungry. <laughs> no, uh, I'll go with the typical broccoli answer. They just look like little trees and they feel weird to eat. Okay. Okay. I can definitely appreciate that. You're a corn person. So what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is not being able to answer the question about my biggest pet peeve. Okay. Okay. I love that. Noted. <laughs> um. My biggest pet peeve are probably people who drive in the left lane, but then go under the speed limit. Ah, Like I'm all for following the law and going the speed limit, but if you're not going the speed limit, don't be in the left lane. Okay. I want to take back my answer because he just reminded me. Actually, my biggest pet peeve is semi-truck drivers passing one of those people in the left lane trying to get past them. Hmm. Yes. I can definitely agree to that. Okay. What is your favorite animal? My favorite animal is the elephant. Love that. Okay. My favorite animal is jaguar. Okay. Not corn. Good. Okay. (laughs) So my next question here, if you could live in any city area in the world, what would that be? It would be Galway, Ireland. Okay. Where is that? Ireland. Oh, okay. It's uh, you know, the the Greyhound Sound marching band went there last spring, and uh, yeah, that's where I want to be. All right, love it. So on the short term basis, don't know exactly answer that question. On a long term, like once I'm retired basis, I want to live in the middle of mountains with my closest neighbor, like 20 minutes away. Like I'm talking like Montana, Idaho mountains, absolutely beautiful. Don't have to see anyone. It's like quarantine, but 80 years from now. So like murder mountains. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Next question for you is, if you could get rid of any one instrument in your wind ensemble, your marching band, whatever, what would that instrument be? Saxophone. Saxophone? No thought, saxophone. Okay, okay. I'm a trumpet player, so, you know, I, it's the law. Okay, noted. Honestly, I think I'd have to agree. In the nicest way possible, they're just not as pretty as everything else. Okay, okay, gotcha. What Hogwarts house are you? Oh, I'm Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Gotcha. Okay. When it comes to, I'm assuming you both are, are somewhat aware of the Airbender, last Airbender. Uh, if you could bend any element that's not the Avatar, and you're not, we're not going to cheat here, what element would that be? So my astrological sign says air, and I would generally agree, but a lot of the time I just think water bending is so cool. Okay. Not not blood bending. That's dumb. I'm not one of those guys, but water bending is cool. Okay. I love that. If we did what would I want to bend, I would say it'd be air. But if what bender I am, I'm definitely an earth bender. I am one of the most stubborn people I know. So if it's what do we bend, the answer is definitely earth. Okay. Gotcha. So when it comes to music, what is your, do you have a go-to song that hypes you up or that this gets you ready to go for something? Uh, what day is it? Is today, today's Saturday. Um, I don't know. I don't know right now, honestly. It, it literally changes by the hour. Uh, okay. I open my phone. I'm like, okay, that looks good. But if I had to pick someone in general, usually I go to uh, the trumpet player, Ryan Anthony. He just either makes me cry or makes me uh, very excited. Okay. Okay, so there are so many different situations in which you need to be hyped for. Okay. So... Once again, not an entirely fair question, but I have two kind of answers. If I'm just going for general hype for whatever, I would say my go-tos are Go the Distance from Hercules, and then I'm in a band fraternity, so I have to have a band one. So it would be Elsa's Procession. Mm. Those are like my two, like if I'm looking for something that's just going to put me in a good mood and ready to go for the day, it'd be the two of those. Great. Favorite Disney movie or Pixar? (sighs) See, favorite Disney movie is probably Moana right now. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Man, while it's incredibly challenging, I would probably have to say Hercules just because it was my favorite when I was younger and there's that emotional connection to it. Okay. Great. I just love The Rock. <laughs> yes. Uh, very funny for our waterbenders to say, but I, I feel you. If you had a say in where, not 2021, but 2023, where that national convention could be, where would, where would you want that to be held? Oof. <laughs> um, somewhere close enough that I don't have to fly, but somewhere far enough that I don't feel like I'm at home. Probably like, actually no, Orlando would be cool. Mm. Even though that's been done, I like Orlando. Right. So... KKSI is super into, like, big city conventions. However, nature convention. If we went to, like, Yosemite Falls and had convention in, like, middle of nowhere, California, not mm-hmm. really possible, but kind of hype. Okay. Okay. Definitely. I would not be there. I'm not a nature person, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to concede. Uh, if you could go back and pick any other instrument that you could play, not your primary instrument, what would that be? 
percussion. You phoning it in percussion? Yep. Yes. Okay. The drumline is by far the coolest group of people there is. There is no lie. They're always just cooler than everyone else. I think that's pretty fair. Okay. If you play, if you play your phoning, you don't have to talk to anyone. So that's interesting. You can be quiet and nobody yells at you for it. Also fair. Also, also as a euphonium player, it's almost impossible to be bad at it. It's the easiest instrument to be mediocre at the second you start playing. Okay. Okay. So my last fun question for you is, let's say you're driving to convention, whatever. You're driving somewhere long distance, going the distance. And you're in the driver's seat, just a regular drive, I guess. And all of a sudden, a spider comes down, like right here in your face. What are your, what's your course of action? Uh, probably to just clap and kill it and then wipe my hands on my pants because I'll clean it off later because I don't like spiders. Uh, spiders are not my, my game. So, so you're willing to take hands off the wheel? No, I'll use my uh, third arm that I attached to my, my hand specifically for or to my, my shoulder for that situation. Okay. Uh, if you don't carry that, are you ready to drive? I mean, okay, true. Very good question. Jacob? Um... I'd probably just go for the good old, put the window down, swipe it out the window. Okay. Okay. Would you look, would you, what would you, what would you be doing? Would it be very calm? It'd be pretty calm. I don't have a necessarily fear of spiders. Like spiders, they do their good thing. They're good for us. So like, I don't want them in my house. I don't want them in my car, but like they're allowed to live life. So as long as they're not impeding on my area, they can do them. You know, I keep getting very passive responses to these questions. And I just want to be very upfront that I would calmly stop the car and politely light it on fire but that's just me okay thank you both. of course that is our so if you ever see a car on fire that's probably why there was probably a <laughs> so just wanted to say that i've already asked you a lot of pretty easy questions and you know really appreciate your willingness to speak on everything so far i did have one last question for for both of you and we'll start with jacob the question is what piece of advice can you share with our listeners who are wanting to serve at a higher level, who may be searching for leadership opportunities, or just they just want to create some sort of positive change for the community. What piece of advice do you have? Well, there's so much that I could give. And if you ever want to, feel free to friend me on Facebook and we can totally talk about it. But the one thing that I think in particular stands out more than anything else is communicate. Mm-hmm. Talk to other people. Talk to your district governors, talk to your district officers, talk to your national leadership team, talk to other chapters. The way in which we learn and grow is through conversation. Mm-hmm. And the way that will, you will be prepared for a better leader is by learning from those that came before you. So if I had to single it down to one thing, it would just be communicate. Okay. Have those conversations. I love it. TJ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to echo on what he said, and then I'll, I'll get to my actual answer there. You know, um, I promise you, if you reach out to your district president or your district officers, no matter how much it might be, um, you're not annoying them. And if you are, they don't care. Um, you know, the past Southwest, Southwest district president was Garrett Gardenhire, as many people know. Hmm. And throughout the process of, of the application and of, of leading up to interview, during convention, just after being elected, and up until about three days ago, just kidding, about three weeks ago, I was probably the most annoying person in Garrett's inbox um, because I was constantly asking questions about running for office, 
asking for advice, asking if he thought the office I was running for at the time was, was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I ran for vice president for programs and was slated for president. So that whole process for me, using Garrett as, as a bounce off was extremely useful. And, you know, adding to that, don't just ask your actives, ask your alumni too. Um, ask past national presidents. I got to sit at NatCon. I sat in the pit with a bunch of past national presidents and I got to meet and talk with a lot of them and discuss my, my platform that I was building at the time with them. Um, and, you know, use your resources. And if you don't have any resources, you do, but make more. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I bet if you send Bong a Snapchat, he'll reply. It might be weird, but he will reply. Um, actually, it will be weird, but he will reply. Um, probably with a mask, sweating in public. But that's that's just Bong Snapchat. It's awesome. My aesthetic. But um, my, my actual answer is, if you are wanting to get more involved, you're wanting to serve at a higher level, you want to start a project in your, in your community, uh, the number one piece of advice I have is do it. Uh, even if you're not a chapter officer now and you want to start this massive project that your chapter has to, invo- has to be involved with, do it. Mm-hmm. Write up your proposal, present it to your, you know, whoever's in charge of the programming and, and get it done. I, I promise you, if you go to your, your your programming officer and say, I have this presentation ready to go, I have this program ready to go, they're not going to say, uh, let me talk, let me think about it, I'll get it ready. They're going to tell you, take point. Mm-hmm. If you want to serve at the, at the district level, the national level, don't just sit back and say, well, you know, I'll think about it. Do it. Make yeah. your program, make your presentation, contact the appropriate people and get it done. That's yeah. the best way to, to grow. Mm-hmm. The best way to get things done. And if you fail, great. That means you have advice for going forward. Mm-hmm. Great. I love that. So to me, what I'm hearing is essentially just take that first step, just like in marching band, the, the hardest step is just that first step. Take that first step because you'll have a line, you'll have something that will help guide you. You know, no more of this paralysis by analysis, overthinking, because you know that if you give yourself time to overthink things that you will continue to do so. So I love both of those responses to communicate to seek help, to seek guidance, to just do it. Um, I think those are very powerful. They may be simple. They may not be the the response people want to hear. There's no secret pill. There's no magic spell. There's just really not. It's it's simple as just do it. Take that first step. So I think that at the end of the day, if you need further guidance, questions, questions, you obviously have these two wonderful human beings to reach out to any of our other DPs that we have interviewed, reach out to them as well for advice and, you know, go outside, go beyond your, your district boundaries, your state boundaries and, and reach out, gain different perspective because at the end of the day, one brotherhood. And if you can get different perspectives, maybe you can bring something new to your home chapter, to your band program, to your district. So Jacob and TJ, just wanted to thank both of you so, so very much for joining us today. And on behalf of the fraternity and the National Council, we truly appreciate you and really just admire all that you're doing to promote musicianship, leadership, and service. And of course, a huge thanks to our listeners for joining us today. If you like this episode, then please share, suggest our podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. You know, we do these chats, we do these interviews, these podcasts, not to hear ourselves talk, but to share insight that could be meaningful for you. But we also need your help in finding topics to cover and brothers to join me on this podcast as guests, just like these two here. 
So if you have any suggestions, please reach out to me at bongco at kksi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at kksi.org. Thanks again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonko, your host, and I wish you all much love today. And as always, AEA.